Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions here, 303-690-3000. Wide open lines this afternoon, 303-690-3000, or you can text me, 720-336-0897. And again, my name is Ed Taylor. I pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And uh, we this is where Grace FM originates, where Calvary Live originates. And a shout out to everyone listening on Hope FM. A shout out to everyone listening on Truth FM and the various LP FMs that carry Calvary Live. Thank you for entrusting to us uh, your audience. And I pray that we and all the pastors here uh, that get to do Calvary Live will serve you well, pointing people to the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. So you've got Truth FM, Hope FM, Grace FM. So what's missing? Um, Faith FM. That's what we're missing. We need to find a, a radio network called Faith FM, and then we'll have Grace, Truth, Faith, and Love. No, Love FM. No, we don't want that one. It's already taken, <laughs> and they're not a teaching station. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Uh, we got a text question I can answer pretty quickly here. Good evening, sir. Can you tell me, what, please, what part of a man is saved when he declares Jesus as his Lord? When a man is born again, his whole body, soul, and spirit is saved. The entirety of the man is saved. You go, wait a minute. How can his body be saved? Because his body is saved through the resurrection. He gets a new body. And there is no separation in salvation. Uh, The old body is planted, but out of the old body comes the new body, so it's not wasted. All right, let's jump to line number two. Garrett is calling from Longmont, Colorado. Garrett, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. I'm great, man. Uh, What can I help you with? Quick question. Uh, It's kind of about the parable of the lost son. It seems like church, like going to church and, and kind of living by the word and all that stuff sometimes is almost a a barrier. It seems like it's almost a barrier to people's salvation versus, you know, I was listening to, you guys had somebody on late night last night, and uh, I think it was an old recording, but uh, he's a, he was like a doctor, you know, he was a, a doctorate of uh, like end times, I guess, is what they said. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, he said that, you know, God is looking for not necessarily good people, but he's looking for people that want to be saved, you know? And it almost okay. kind of seems like... Uh, Sometimes, I guess, like going out and making mistakes and everything, and um, realizing sort of the the fallacy of, of all of that is sort of like a. It's it's almost like it leads to more repentance, I guess, if that makes any sense. I'm not really sure. I'm afraid. And I was thinking about Paul and um, and Paul's life before he found um, Jesus. Yes. And um, you know, kind of how he was just. You know, he, he was kind of a bad person. So let me just clarify with you, if I can sure. understand what your question is. 
you you started out the conversation saying going to church can be a barrier to salvation. Is that what did well, I hear you correctly? Right, correct. So in and so let's stop there for a second and tell me what you're thinking because I don't quite understand the the specific point you'd be making with that. What's the point? Like, what are you feeling or thinking when you say that? Well, there's, you know, some. I've been to um, a few different churches, I suppose, and that sometimes it seems like there's like a holier than thou kind of thing, or that, you know, um, there's like a salvation through through acts, kind of that you have yeah. to be, you know, you have to be a good person, or that you have to live by the the word or live by the law, and that's okay. how you get saved. And um, I don't know. I don't. It I can, I can definitely. But sometimes it seems. Sorry, go ahead. I would definitely agree with you in that observation that you make that the believers, people have, and I've heard this said before. You know, I don't have any problem with Jesus Christ. I have a lot of problems with his followers. Correct. I guess. I guess it'd be like in reference to the story of the lost son. Sort of. Yes. It seemed, like in that in that parable, is it the son who stays at home, who who's kind of bitter about? Everything who's lived his life yes. by you know his father's standards is it is it him that who is kind of damned and the the other son is saved because the other son saw the error of his ways and and is well, seeking that, forgiveness. Okay, so now you're adding another dynamic. Let me ask her that one first. So you're okay. you're making really good Bible observations, okay? That, and that's the observations you make and the questions you're asking is actually a part of what's known as the inductive Bible study method, where you make observations of the text, and then you ask questions, allowing the text to answer them. So let's let's re let's reframe that. It's always been known as the par- parable of the prodigal son, but it's actually a, a parable that contains two prodigal sons, one that left and one that stayed. And actually, I believe whoever called it the parable of the prodigal son, the parable is actually not about the sons at all. Did you know that? Uh. No, it's about the father. The right, focus of that right, parable okay. is actually the father, not the sons. Now, they're included, of course, but it's really the picture of the father who typifies. Remember, when Jesus shared a parable, he shared a parable about the kingdom of heaven. The whole point of parables was to tell a story <clears throat> that would be cast alongside the truth. And the truth is how how our father deals with people. And so how he loves, how he forgives, how he cares, how he will reach out to humankind, to mankind, men and women, at his own pain, which would lead us to the cross. You know, he sacrificed his own son. It shows us then to the two boys. You got the one that the world taught him a lesson, and then you've got the other one that stayed home who needed the who needed this whole scenario to teach him a lesson. And the Bible, the Bible of Jesus doesn't continue the parable, so we don't know what happened to the son that stayed home. Uh, he could have died in that condition, or he could have changed. But the point was, the father loved them both, and he cared for them both. And his heart is to save those in the world, and his heart is to save those that are super close to him. It's okay. a beautiful parable. So then, coming back to the idea of the church... We have to remember that the church is made for man, not man for the church. And what I mean by that is that the church, the gathering together, the uh, addition of a new family spiritually, a new identity, is for us, God's gift to us, that we could gather together. Uh, because, you know, the, the church today, 
every anywhere in the world is only following in the footsteps of the early church. Exactly what they did in the book of Acts. They came together, they sang together, read together, served together, ate together, and then they went back home and lived life uh, in the name of Jesus. And and you're right. Uh, sometimes the people in particular churches can be an offense to others. Sometimes the weird doctrines that are in a church don't represent Jesus at all. Isn't that what ha- what Jesus confronted when he rebuked the yes, Pharisees? Sir, yep. I mean, who got rebuked? It wasn't the hurting people in sin. It was the it was the religious people that misrepresented God. And that's why I believe the Bible says that someone like me, I'm going to receive a stricter judgment. Um, I have a bigger responsibility in, in my teaching, and and I think that you know, like you then went to Kings or to um, Saul of Tarsus. You know, he had a jacked up life, and he thought he was doing, and it was he was religious, and God even reached him. And so, I like to share with our church all the time that that we can't be all you know hypercritical and hyperjudgmental of the world. I just shared it this last Sunday. You know, we, the church sometimes. Well, let me put it this way. More often than not, the church is known by what they're against than what they're than the love of God. And Jesus said, he said, they're going to know you're my disciples for your love for one another, not your hatred of all the nasty sin in the world and just being hypercritical and judgmental. It's love that changes. It's love that leads to repentance. And if we're not engaged in expressing love, then we're... We're one of those sons, man. We're just not doing it right. And and so I like to teach our church, you know, that that even if they're sitting next to a million drunks in the church, where else do you want them? Like, where else do you? Well, you know, I have my kid here, and what am I going to tell my kid? You're going to tell your kid the truth. You're gonna. That's what you're going to do. You say, Mommy, Mommy, that man stinks. I know. It smells like he's been drinking. We should pray for him instead of, I think I'm going to move because I don't want my kids to... You know, I don't want to be around that. And our church really doesn't have a significant problem with that um, because their pastor was like that. That's how I got saved. I was a strung-out drunk, and God reached me. And I have a heart to be a part of a church where a knucklehead like me can still walk into it and get saved. Yes, sir. Yeah, it does seem like sometimes when you just sort of, uh, when you reach the bottom of the barrel, it's almost it's almost easier for God to reach you, you know, so... Um, it is. You can, you can speed that process along just by being a total wrecking ball, you know. That's almost yes. better than, than being, you know, super pious and proud and all the other things. So, And, and you know, we, we have to admit, and, you, and, and I think if, uh, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I want to include you in this. I, we have to admit that Garrett and Ed don't always get it right ourselves. And... We also make mistakes with people's lives, and the only response when we fail is humble repentance. And and hopefully, we didn't fail so bad that we lose all credibility in someone's life. And and I think, as a pastor, I want to teach that from the pulpit, a theology of failure, right? Because failure is a part of all of our lives, even as believers. None of us are perfect. And so, some of the greatest... Um, pain in the church is because of our unrealistic expectations and our offenses, you know, when we are offended, we don't deal with our offenses properly. It's like, well, you know, you didn't say hi to me or you took my parking space or you, 
whatever it might be. And we just don't give, we don't cut slack and grace to people um, in our lives. And so you and I have to watch ourselves, right? <laughs> we uh, right, we have to be careful so that we're not a part of the problem, but a part of the solution. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think that you have that simplicity about your about you that I hear, and that humility about you, and and God's going to use you as a change agent in your local congregation, and every person you talk to, you're going to be sensitive to. I sense that in you, and you know you're an important part of the body. And sure, the church prevents people. You know, the organized church prevents people, um, but it's it's more than just the organized church. It's just people prevent people from coming to Jesus. And that's a, do, you, do, you mind, um, do you mind if I share a quick anecdote with you uh, about sure. uh, a story that's kind of relevant, actually? Um, Go for it. Uh, I, I just picked up a temp job because I'm only in Colorado for a little bit of time, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I worked on money and whatever, um, it's like a construction job, you know, but he was, he was using drugs, and um, him and his wife didn't have a place to stay that night because he was a bad steward of his money, and, uh, you know, I live in... I was living in my, like, camper van, you know, so I'm able to save a little bit. And it, it's a good place. You know, it's nice to be able to to give people something, you know. So, anyways, I loaned him, lended him some money, and then, you know, and he was, like, pulling out some drugs and showing it to me. And I, I felt, I, immediately I felt like, oh, that was stupid, you know. <laughs> but And then I was kind of judging him afterwards, like, man, like, I, like, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And then, uh, anyways, you know, months go by, months go, and I, and then, you know, he got fired and stuff, and I hadn't heard from him for like maybe a month or so. And then he calls me, he's like, "Hey, I got your money," you know. And so I met up with him, and um, and you know, we talked about a lot of stuff about life and about uh, spirituality and stuff. And then he's actually going to come with me to um, Pastor Nick Katie's church here at Longmont oh, right. um, on Sunday. Yeah, so great. I felt yeah, and I felt really good about that. I got my money back, and he's going to come to church with me, you know. And I was like. It felt like it kind of justified my whole time here in Colorado, almost. Oh, you know? that's awesome. so At first, I was wondering, I was like, why am I even here, you know? Because my family lives here, but it didn't seem like they're super excited to be around me or anything, you know? But it felt like that that one experience kind of justified, like, the past, like, three or four months of my life, you know? So that's, that's really awesome. cool. Well, hey, bro, I'm going to move on to a few more calls, but I appreciate yeah, you hanging yeah, on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate man. It, Patrick. Thank you very much. Right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You guys listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, remember, you can call while the show is on. It is, you will reach a, unless it's an encore, you will reach an, a live person in the studio. The only thing is you won't hear the program that you're on until the following week, which, which is actually kind of cool, because you can ask the question, enjoy the talk, and then next week, you can hear the program like it like on your radio. So, you guys on Grace FM, it's live. So you call me right now, you'll be live on the air, and it airs live. But for everyone listening, we have a podcast. And so these shows, after a day or two, are edited and loaded up onto our podcast. So go to your favorite podcasting tool and search Calvary Live, uh, Grace FM, or... Calvary Live. Let me see if I can find it. I'm going to look it up in my podcast store on Apple, and I'm going to put Calvary Live Ed Taylor and see what comes up. Does anything come up? That If you put in Calvary Live Ed Taylor, it will come up right away. And just go down to podcast, hit Calvary Live podcast, and subscribe, and they will be delivered to you um, 
immediately. So I'm looking at the list right now, and the list is updated through the 23rd. So we're about a week behind or so, but that might be because mine's not updated yet. But um, you can go to Calvary Live and hit subscribe, and then they'll be delivered right to your phone, to your device. And uh, we're updated, it looks like, through the 23rd. And uh, I'm sure they're working on getting the rest of them up there. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Let me get right back to the phone lines. Russ is calling from Loveland. Hey, Russ, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's going on? So I'm having a rough time. Uh, Just recently started coming back to the Lord. Okay. Been uh, backtracking for a good ten years. And it's, I don't want to do that no more, and uh, I'm trying to stand on this uh, scripture in the Bible, with Philippians four nineteen. Okay, what does it say? My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, I want to know: Does my job fall in that category of Him supplying all my needs? Yes. Yeah, it absolutely does. Okay. I think. I wanna... I th- let me just add, Russ. I think one of the difficulties that we have with that truth, that biblical truth, is that we confuse needs with wants at times. And okay. needs are, you know, food and clothing, because Jesus didn't even have shelter. Uh, God is very gracious to us that He provides shelter for us, but. Food and clothing is what the Bible says to be content with. And those are our absolute—and then, of course, air. God's created things for our basic needs in terms of our body working. But I I know that—I speak for myself, but I minister to a lot of people as well, that I can sometimes get frustrated or fearful or anxious just talking, you know, me and my personal walk with the Lord when I confuse what I need with what I want— and there's a lot of things that I want. You know, I want things for my kids. I want things for my family that just haven't happened. Um, and, and if I'm not careful, I'll begin to doubt that God's faithful. I'll begin to doubt that God loves me. But there are just certain things that are not happening in my family right now. There's certain things that we don't get to enjoy. There's certain people that, just certain situations that I need to come back to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, if I need it, um, then... Because here's another verse for you that I want to add to that. So I want you to... Have you memorized Philippians 4? Did you read that from uh, memory? Yes. Okay, good. So I want to give you one more to memorize, okay? This is so give good. Give me a second. I'm on the freeway. i got to pull over just real quick. Okay. i got to write this down. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to find it while you're pulling over um, because I remember it. Um, okay, I got it. This okay, is I'm so ready. good. You ready? This is, yes. this is amazing. I'm so glad you reminded me of it because I needed to hear it myself. For the, this is Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And here's the cool thing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will... And, and here's the thing. We, we have to be careful how we define this, remember, because... That, that what, what this psalmist tells me is that God is not going to withhold anything that he believes is good for me. 
so that if I currently don't have it, then it's probably not good for me. Okay. And I can trust him in his timing and his way, uh, whether it's money, whether it's a place to live, whether it's my own house, whether it's a, a friendship, whether it's a, a relationship, a grandchild, it, whatever God knows, he knows what's best for me, and I trust him that to this day, he has withheld no good thing as I choose to walk uprightly in him. Okay. That's awesome. And that goes together really good with Philippians 4. Um, and this is, you know, again, this doesn't necessarily take away the, the feelings that we have, and that, that's what gets really messed up. Like, we, we get so caught up in our emotions that it just messes our head up. Yes, yeah, so we've we, got to check our emotions at the door before we go to God. And just submit them, you know, and say, Lord, you know I'm feeling jacked up right now, and He understands all that. You saw I'm sad right now. I confess it to you, and I'm praying that you'd minister to me, that you would take my sadness away, or you would remove anxiety. You said that if I come to you with all my prayers, um, you told me to be anxious for nothing. You know, you just start praying the Bible back to Him, praying the truth. Okay. And before you know it, you're like, man, Lord, it's just me and you. Let's go get the world until the next episode. Until the next, and we're we're learning this lifestyle of moment by moment abiding in Christ. Like for example, okay. you are on the phone right now. You've been on the phone for I don't know. Let's say we've been on the air for three minutes, five minutes together, talking about the things of the Lord together, sharing Scripture together, and your mind has been stayed on Him. You hang up. You know, the enemy no, might make I, you doubt. You're like, I don't know. And, but you're just going to continue to learn because for five minutes, the Lord filled your thoughts. Can he do it for six? Can he do it for an hour? Can he do it for a day? Can he do it for a week? You bet he can. It just takes discipline on our part to abide in him and to stay put. That's what the word abide means. Stay put. Okay. Okay. Uh, Still... I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, ask you on that. Um, so I was, I don't get paid until tomorrow, and my deficit uh, in the bank is one hundred and seventy-five dollars negative. Okay. All right. And I was just standing on that <clears throat> scripture at the gas station. I sat there for an hour waiting on the Lord. I sat there and asked Him to to take care of the gas that I need to get home. Okay. And and. uh the lady that I've been staying with, uh, we're, we're not in a relationship. We're in a friendship relationship. Okay. We're not dating or we're not married. Okay. But she really got upset on this. And she left my son at home to come get me, come, to come get gas in the truck and take her truck from me. Okay. So I wouldn't have a vehicle anymore. All right. And that's a Was difficulty. I, was was I being a goofball waiting for the Lord to pay for the gas with my own card? Or I don't think we're ever a goofball when we are trusting God at His Word. Okay. And and I don't think we're ever a goofball, even though it may feel like that and others people might think that. I don't think we're ever a goofball when not only, number one, we trust God on His Word, and number two, that we are okay if He doesn't answer a the way that we wanted him to. 
because people okay. will come in and go, you're just, what are you thinking, man, Russ? What are you doing? God doesn't operate like that. You know, this is the real world. Here's, you know, five bucks, you know, and you're like, no, this is what God told me to do. I'm not in sin. I'm not hurting anybody. And I'm going to give God a chance to work in my life. And then, you know, two hours go and you go, well, he, I don't have any gas still. Uh, God hasn't worked in my life. Um, and, and then somebody comes pick you up. What kind of person are you? You know, you're waiting on God. And you're like, no, I, I did what God told me to do. And I really wanted him to give me the money, but he didn't. But, I, but what he was looking for me is to trust him. Sometimes our testimonies are, hey, I got the money and the gas. And sometimes our testimonies, hey, I, I, I did what God asked me to do. What more can I do? I believe he told me to sit there and wait for him. Yeah. And I waited a good hour at the gas pump, yes. just praying, you know, I even got on the, the phone with the Bible and started looking up scriptures, and and I got a phone call from this this uh, gal that I've been living with, uh, wondering where I was, and I told her that I'm, you know, standing on this scripture, and she just went ballistic and started cussing God, cussing me, and finally, by the, right before she got to the gas station, I ended up pulling my wallet out and taking my card and putting gas in. Okay. I wasn't... I know that God says uh, being in debt with no one or no man. And the, my bank account is showing 175 negative. Right. And I, I didn't want to put another charge on that. Well, you know, we have choices to make. And if we're not able, so if we're not able to make the choice by faith, we shouldn't make it. But you know you're going to get paid tomorrow. You know you need gas in the car. And if you made yes. that, if you made that decision by faith, then it's okay. You'll pay the bill off tomorrow. Okay. The debt isn't controlling you. I mean, if you called and said, you know, I robbed the bank because I didn't want to go into debt. Like, you know, that's wrong, right? Because the Bible says that stealing is a sin. And, yes. And so I think that you're in these, you're learning what it means to follow God by faith through these difficult situations. And there's no, when, when there's areas where God leaves it to us to make a choice of faith, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, I don't think putting gas on a credit card is sin. Okay. Marie and I, uh, my wife and I use a credit card we use actually a couple of credit cards to pay our normal expenses and things all throughout the month, and then we pay it off at the end of the month. Even though we owe um, we owe p- owe money to um, to whoever the credit card is, right? We owe them, but I don't believe yeah. that that is a. Di- I don't believe God is is saying in His Word that you can't use money like that. He's He's actually showing us how to use money. I think going into debt and not being able to tithe and not being able to give. Like, there's different ways of interpreting that. But if you made that decision by faith, then pay it off when you get paid tomorrow. Okay, awesome. I didn't do that. Let me pray for you because we're coming up on the end of the uh, first half, okay? Yes. Father, I pray for my brother Russ as he faces these faith decisions and then, you know, even faces uh, different people's opinions that you would continue to lead him by faith to do what's necessary, and just like he has been leaning on uh, trusting you, 
that you'll supply all of his needs according to riches in Christ Jesus, and you've given him a job, and he's going to get a paycheck, and he's going to be able to pay off this card. And, and Lord, he, I pray that you continue to provide, uh, that you'd even give him a raise, or you'd provide him the kind of resources that he needs. And I pray for this friendship with this gal, that his life would be a testimony of faith, even if it looks absurd, even if it doesn't look normal that his testimony of simple faith and trust in you would be powerful in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, bro. God God bless bless you, man. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the first half. We've got an open line, 303-690-3000. Go ahead and grab it while you can, uh, and then we'll get back in about uh, two minutes. We'll have a real quick break, and then we'll be right back. This is Ed Taylor with Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're on the second half. It's been a great show so far. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora. We've got a special, special night tonight. I am so excited uh, it is the first time that we are giving services over to our junior high ministry. And so junior hires are going to middle schoolers are going to lead us in worship. Pastor Keegan is going to teach us. We're going to pray together. They're going to lead the, uh, the junior high leadership. He's going to lead uh, the prayer time, worship time, teaching time. And I, for one, am looking forward to being a part of the uh, fellowship tonight, just taking in the Word, being encouraged. Um, one young man, I mean, um, many of the kids I've seen grown up, but one young man I've specifically seen grow up since he was born, Stephen. He'll be up on the stage, and I'm, I'm very proud of all of them. I'm, I'm proud of them even before they get up there. And so come on out. It's going to be a special night. Uh, we're going to take a break in our study in Daniel, and uh, junior hires are going to take the service uh, next, you know, and the next time it'll be high schoolers, and and we want, um, we just want to uh, remind everyone that the church has depth to it, and every generation matters. Every listen, every generation matters. There is no one generation that God loves more. Everyone of every age is valuable before the Lord, uh, and so we're just so excited tonight. I'm very. I was driving back from an appointment today, and and uh, well, I was actually in an appointment. Uh, and and text Pastor Keegan to just say, hey man, I'm praying for you, looking forward to what the Lord has on your heart, looking forward, we get to have a taste of what it's like to be in the middle school, uh, but to show you, um, and here's the thing that sometimes, you know, you might miss, like, well, you know, it's just going to be goofy and weird, but I want, I, I think one of the things that, that we're going to learn tonight is how mature the middle schoolers really are, how mature the ministry is to our middle schoolers. Um, and Pastor Keegan and his team. So anyway, come on out. We have service Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We are on Hampton, one block east of Tower Road, right here in southeast Aurora. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Pam in South Denver. Pam, welcome to the program. 
Hi. Um, I don't know how to sum up what's wrong with me. Okay. Um, because there's a lot. Um, I really, really need prayer and encouragement. I'm so extremely sick and, um, I have Lyme disease and it gave me an autoimmune disease that's making me allergic to everything. So I'm at the point now where I can't even tolerate food with, um, out allergic reactions. And then I'm just constant. So I'm terrified to eat. I've lost over 20 pounds. Um, I'm just, and I'm constantly just having allergic reactions. They just get worse when I eat. And the doctors haven't been able to help me. All the medicines have backfired. Um, I'm just, and my husband's not supportive. He thinks I just have anxiety and depression mostly. And I'm just, I feel like I'm dying or I may be dying and I'm not strong enough for this. And I'm, I'm just in misery and I just want to die. It's so bad and so dark and it's been going on for so long and I'm trapped in my house. I can't leave the house because I get sicker and I just, I have no hope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, you're really feeling the weight of it, of, um, how, your body is so contrary to what you expected and and it's just sucking the hope out of you. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I was reminded of this story in the Bible. It's a true story. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, if you email me, uh, I will send you a picture of a f- painting that's on my wall in the office. Okay. Um, and while, my, while I'm not on the edge of hopelessness myself today, I certainly have been there. And it's a very scary place to be. It's like being at the edge of the Grand Canyon. You know, yeah. you you got to get away from the edge. Yeah. And and even though getting away from the edge probably isn't going to change the way you feel, you want to you want to remove yourself from places of danger. And I think I think you acknowledging that you're losing hope is actually one one big step away from the edge. Yeah. Um, because God. He loves you even in the midst of your body breaking down. You know, all of our bodies are breaking down. Yeah. Um, and some are more sick than others. I, I think of my friend Steve. I just noticed um, I, he comes. Steve comes to our church, and he was diagnosed with ALS a couple years yeah. ago, and it's it's been very um, rapidly progressing in his body. And he posted recently that he he's lost so much control of his of his hands that he can't text anymore. Yeah. But they gave him a um, a tablet where he can text with his eyes. Oh. And so he had done a he had posted a Instagram picture of him, his notebook, and he posted the whole thing with his eyes. Wow. And and I mean the brother, and and I know that it's not all easy for him. Um, he hasn't shared the details of his life with me or anything like that. I just know that it's not all Instagram easy. You know how Instagram right. makes things look easy. I know that the brother is it has his moments. I know that he has his challenges. I know that it's hard on his family. And and yet, day by day, he's learning how to live with the brokenness of his body. And I was reminded of this woman uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. It says, a woman that had a flow of blood for 12 years who, who had spent all her livelihood on doctors, yeah. 
and could not be healed any by any of them, came behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And that's the picture I want to send to you. We, When we go to Israel, we go in to an area known as Magdala, and in the back they built a Catholic church, and so they like to take you in there, and on, on the wall of one of the rooms is this amazing mural that was painted of this very episode, and, and I believe God put this episode in the Bible for women like you, for, for men that have, have tried everything and lost everything, and all they have left is, I, I'm just, I'm desperate for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it's desperation and hopelessness. It's desperation and difficulty. It's desperation. And let me let me add something to help you process this, okay? Yeah. W- one of the things that you're dealing with, and you may never have understood, you may have never seen it this way, but one of the thing emotions that you're dealing with is grief. Right. And it's not grief because you've lost your life or you've lost a loved one. It's real deep. It's the same feeling, the same thing that anyone that feels grief is that you're, you've lost your body. Yeah. You've lost right now a closeness with your husband because he doesn't understand. Yeah. And you could probably share some other things that you don't need to share. But, and, and remember the process of grief is shock, anger, blame, acceptance and the normalcy yeah you know it sounds like right now you're probably in the blame and anger phase and they don't all happen together like in order you don't go from one they can all happen at the same time and some can be longer but you know just really being upset being angry that's distancing you from god and yeah and intimacy you don't now you know if he's not going to heal you then you don't trust him i mean i'll tell you i'll tell you what what happened to me you know, when my son was in a coma, um, we desperately prayed for him to wake up. Yeah. And, and he didn't. Yeah. And what that did to me on my own personal faith right. is it caused me to doubt God. Yeah. And I started thinking like this. And maybe you may have thought like this. I don't know. But I started thinking like, you know what, Lord? If you didn't answer that prayer the way that I wanted then maybe you won't answer any other prayers the way that I want. Yeah. And then I just stopped trusting for moments, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm a pastor and, and I serve here, but I'm, like a, I'm a normal believer. And, and then God's allowing things in our life that's, that's making the death of my son even worse. And I'm just like, man, Lord, I don't... Um, but, it, you know, ultimately, it's not about me. And I know that a big problem that I have is I have my eyes on me, and what I want, and how I want things to be, and I forget so easily. And a, a brother, a pastor, just taught this message, and he said, I've been sharing it um, with my staff, he said, um, I might even share it in the study, but I, he, he said that Paul was bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ, and that God can spend his life any way he wanted. And yeah. it's true for you and me. If... I don't like it, so don't misunderstand me. But if God is going to allow my son to to die at 26 for his glory, he bought my life, and I I owe nothing to God but my loyalty, my allegiance, and my worship. And the more that we can get there, the more— and here's what's happening. You're you're still a believer. 
God still loves you. He still cares for you. But what's being lost right now is you're having a hard time enjoying the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's being stolen from you and ripped off from you. And, and I think God would have you to call the show today to remind you that you can enjoy the love of God and be sick at the same time. <laughs> I've just been tormented so bad. I can't feel anything. I can't, I can't handle this torment. I'm not strong enough. You're right. You're not strong enough. And, you know, I, I think of, um, you know, the psalmist talked about night terrors. He talked about this very yes. tormenting feeling that you have that's just ravaging your mind. It's even yes. more than your body. It's in your head. Yes. And, and that's where the battle is. And you want to arm yourself with the helmet of salvation. That's where it begins, the relationship that, you know, I, 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 remember, I remember my pastor and he still does to this day, sharing how he would always say, the battle's in the mind. You guys know how the battle's in the mind. And I have to say, for many years, I didn't understand that. I, I accepted what he said, because he's my pastor, and I believed what he said, but I didn't understand it until later in life, when I, I really, you know, what I believe really affects the way I behave. Yeah. And, and I happen to be a guy that lives in his head. You know, I have to be a guy yeah. that thinks a lot, probably thinks too much, my wife would say. Yeah. And I'm learning how, or what the Bible says, I'm learning how to, the Bible says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So I know when I'm stayed on him, I'm going to enjoy him. But when I veer from him, I pay, always pay the price. Yeah. And I've just been dealing with that the last day, yesterday and today. I've been dealing with the same thing, different reason, but my mind has been all over the place. And, and I need to submit myself to God, even when things are hard. And, and you're in a hard situation right now. We just need to pray for the Holy Spirit to touch you and bring healing into your life. Yeah. Are, are you open to, um, are you open if I, for someone, like for a gal to talk to you and pray with you? Like if we put it yeah. on on the radio and say, hey man, if you have yeah. the same situation that you have victory in, I want to connect you with Pam. Or can I yeah. do that? Okay, so before I pray for you, you guys hear Pam, and what I'm asking for is a godly, mature woman that has uh, gone through this. You can either call, and um, you can call, and the producer will take your number. Uh, I forgot his name, but his name is Frank. <laughs> Frank will take your number, or you can text me, and we'll put Pam on hold. We'll get her number, and we'll figure out a way to connect you. So if you're a godly woman, you can hear, and this is your calling, like this is what God has called you to do, to bring encouragement. You just are a good encourager. That's what Pam needs. She needs a sister in her life right now. And so, Father, I pray right now for Pam, and you hear the desperation in her heart. You know her better than we know and hear, and you know none of her tears are wasted, none of her tears of desperation, none of her tears of pain, none of her tears of sorrow. None of her tears of anxiety, none of her tears of isolation and loneliness, none of them are wasted. Your word says that you put them all in a bottle, that they're very precious to you, God. And I know that, that already through the phone call, God, you're beginning to minister comfort. You're beginning to minister com uh, confidence. You're beginning, beginning to remind our sister of, of the woman that for 12 years she lived like this. 
And I, I'm certain that there's someone that's listening that was healed of this Lyme disease, lupus, autoimmune, and and I just know that even women that are dealing with it, you're going to connect with our sister and help her in some of the deepest pain that she's experienced, even right now, Lord. So I pray comfort in her life, Lord. I pray healing. I pray, God, encouragement. I pray strength for today and hope for tomorrow. You bring her off of the edge, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Pam, don't yeah. hang up. So I got a couple instructions for you before you go. Okay. Number one, don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold, and then okay. Frank will get your contact info, number okay. one. Number two, don't forget to email me, because even if you email me right now, I'll walk right back to my office. I'll take a picture of that picture and send it to you so you can have it as a point of contact to be reminded of God's faithfulness. Okay. So my Thanks. email is Pastor Ed. Oh, hold on. Okay. Oh shoot! I lost my pen. Okay, that's oh, okay. Dang it! So let me show. Let me let me point something out to you real quick. I want you to see something. You ready? Yeah. When you had a task to do, you stopped crying. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. Okay. So I want to give you a principle that I learned in grief. I learned it from a woman by Elizabeth Elliot, and she she it's very simple but it's very powerful. And she said, sometimes in the grief process, sometimes in this painful process, we need to learn to do the next thing. Yeah. And what, yeah. She, what she meant by that was, if I need to get out of bed, if I need to go take a shower, if I need to go brush my teeth, if I need to do the dishes, I need to fold the clothes, I need yeah. to develop a pattern where I'm not going to be overcome. And I just noticed, I, I mean, I think everyone listening noticed too, as soon as you had a simple task, yeah. You were taken out of the moment. <laughs> yeah. And we rejoice for that because we're what you're in right now is you need more of those moments. Yeah. And they're yours by faith. So here here's an easy way. I got a new email address actually. So here's an easy way to remember it. We just set this up yesterday. Send an email to ed at edtaylor.org. So it's just ed at edtaylor.org. We just set that up yesterday. And I will return that email um, with a picture from my office. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold, okay? Okay. All right. Oh, boy. Um, thank you guys for praying for her. Uh, thank you by faith of anyone. I know we don't have an open line right now, so some of you have said, oh, I want to call, but the line's busy. It's You're right. It's busy because uh, you might have to text me, Okay. So text me. That line stays open all the time, um, and you can text me. So 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 far, one person's already texted, and um, thank you. And I've got two people that have already texted. So I, I think I've got it covered. Um, we'll wait for the next time. But thank you guys for I'll, as soon as the show's over, I will. Frank's on the phone with her right now. We'll connect you guys, and um, I know you, Benita, already. You have the gift of encouragement, and this other sister, um, I don't know you by the number, but uh, you want to help. And so please, please, please be patient. I'll get you her info. And she's, got, she's given you permission to reach out to her, and this is the body of Christ. If, if, um, if, If, if this is the only reason why we have the station, 
is to connect people and to bring encouragement, uh, to talk people off the ledge of hopelessness, uh, to be reminded of God's faithfulness, to have a platform of His grace and mercy to flow through the airwaves. And I would even say, if all the years we've been on the air, it's just for Pam. I mean it. It's worth it. Because Pam is valuable to the heart of God. And everyone that's wrestling and struggling with things outside of their control and the difficulties of life, you don't have to respond in the flesh. You don't have to lash out at people. You know, it's true that hurting people hurt people, but it's also true that hurting people find themselves abiding in Christ and that he brings healing and hope and comfort even if he doesn't heal your body, even if he doesn't answer your prayer the way you wanted it answered, even if he doesn't put gas in the car, even if somebody lashes out at you, God remains the same. He's Even if we're faithless, he remains faithful. And so I want to thank you guys for praying. God hears our prayers, and we just got to keep moving forward. Let the Lord use us in these last days. That's all that matters. 303-690-3000. I think we've got some time. Uh, let's go over to Maryland. Uh, Maryland, Michelle in Maryland. Welcome to the program. Hello, and tell Pastor Ed Taylor, hi. How you doing? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. How can I help you? I'm, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, no. How can I help you, Michelle? Well, I'm calling in to ask uh, two scriptures and then I'm praying. I'm one prayer after that. Okay. And God's word, what does God's word mean to um, overcome evil? Don't let um, evil overcome you, but overcome evil with the good. Okay. What, what's and being And what let's... does the scripture mean that to do unto others as you want done, done to you? Okay. Those are great questions. Um, I think they both go together, too, so I'm glad that you put these two verses together because to overcome good, or excuse me, to overcome evil with good is the idea behind that Bible truth is that when you're treated in a bad way, that you don't treat someone else in a bad way. Yeah. Like, like so if, if I punch you in the jaw, you don't punch me back. Uh, it would be really bad if I punched you in the jaw, and your natural response would be to want to get back at me but because yeah. of the Holy Spirit, you are able not to return good with evil. Um, and of course, it gets much worse. You know, it's, I, I use a real simple illustration, but evil is very rampant in our culture, and we have a tendency to want to get even, or we have a tendency to want to do worse. But the Bible says, no, we're to love our enemies, we're to pray for them, we're to do good to them. And, yeah. and so um, that's that part. And then the second part doing unto others as you would do unto you. For example, um, it's already you would want good done to you, so you're going to want to do good. But let's just say that you've been treated badly for a long time, um, yeah. and you don't like it. I mean, obviously, no, I don't like it. You don't like it. So then how do I, how do I treat others? Well, I'm going to treat others the way I want to be treated. And because I don't want to be treated badly, but I want to be loved and cared for, I want to be encouraged, I'm going to treat yeah. others, no matter how they treat me, I'm going to treat others with love and respect because that's what I want back. Um, you know, I want, like, for example, if a friend hurts me, 
then in my friendships, I want to be a friend mm. that doesn't hurt. I want to be yeah. a friend that helps. Yes, because I have sisters. I'm the oldest of two sisters. Yes. And my sister texted me yesterday, and she needed some money. And I was taking care of some uh, domestic things that was important. And she cursed at me and fussed at me about the money. And um, she usually helped me out. But um, she was getting irate with me about the money. Then I gave in and gave it to her. Yes. And, and she said she would. Uh, have me back in another time, and I'm on SSI disability. I'm on medications, yes. and it's like I've been sitting here being patient and getting a little fully, a little stressed, and then I was getting a little restless. And then I texted her and asked her, you know, I didn't say what date, but she did mention uh, she had to uh, take care of it later. But my rent is due on the first of the month. And uh, I'm being patient to deal with her, and she has where she has a husband, got two boys, and when I had my children, they tried to take my children in, and my children didn't really want to be with them when they were little, yes. when they were teenagers. And then I, I got depressed in 1987, and I couldn't take care of my kids, and then my kids got mm. 17, 18 years old, so I asked my mother to take full, um, uh, when you talk about uh, paternity of my children when they were 18, okay. 17 years old. And now everything I talk about, about my children, my mother be, be protecting them, yes. telling me about what they're doing, their behaviors. But I'm, I feel like I can't go forward in life because I have a talent to sing. Sure. And I, I go to church and I hear everybody okay. singing in the choir. And yes. I just, it's like I'm not getting fully involved with stuff. And I've been setting myself back. Oh. And, and a lot of hindrance, and, but I'm not blaming nobody. But I, I hear that. But I'm, I commend I'm, you. You know, I'm a go getter, but then I'm like, let the Lord direct me in yes. His timing to see that's what He want me to do, to be in in church. Because I go to a Baptist church, okay. And my mother, she treats me very different from my sisters. And then she came over his son. She came to my church Sunday to pick me up. Church and I was going on a trip to church with the church, but I go and see my mother and she was acting really suave with me and drinking alcohol in front of me and asking me to get her a beer and, and I'm looking at her like, why is she drinking beer? I mean, you're a Christian woman, why are you drinking alcohol? So I didn't argue with her. I, I honor my mother and my my stepdad, mm-hmm. but it's like I got a house God blessed me with right here where I live. And um, what city are you in? The household pay my bills. What city are you in? What city do you live in? Owens Mills, Maryland. What's what Maryland? Owens Mills, Maryland. Owensville. Baltimore County. Baltimore County. Okay. Is in the community of Baltimore County. We get a lot of people from Baltimore County. We're so glad. Can I pray for you? Because the show's almost over. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's pray. I I really thank you. That's okay. Father, I pray for my new friend in Maryland, God. I pray that you would encourage her as she is facing the daily pressures of life. And and I pray specifically, God, for her voice to be used again in the choir, that, that she might have that sense of being used fully by you that as she presents herself to you, Lord, that you would make a way for her to use this gift that you've given to her. And I know you hear her when she sings around the house, and I know you hear her when she uh, has a song in her heart to you, Lord, but I I pray specifically that one day she'll call back and share how she sang on the choir, and you open that door Mm -hmm. for her. 
And I pray for mm-hmm. all these family issues, Lord. They're, they weigh on us. Um, they can be very difficult, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. faithful, Lord. And uh, I do mm-hmm. pray that you would be faithful to my sister as she mm-hmm. lives her life fully for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for Call back. With me. All right, bye-bye. All right, well, we're coming to the end of the day's program. I appreciate you guys uh, checking in with us today, praying for us. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, same time, here on Grace FM, here on Truth FM, here on Hope FM, and uh, I'm going to ask Kevin to find out the LPFMs that we're on so we can mention you as well by name. I always want to remind you, and I'm going to do this more often, support local Christian radio, please. Uh, You can go to gracefm.com or download our app. We have a brand new giving portal, and uh, if you could do that regularly, that would be great. Uh, All, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like all the support that you would give goes to help uh, sisters like Pam. I mean, it gives the opportunity for a sister like Pam to call in or Michelle from Maryland. And again, if you're listening on Hope FM, support Hope FM. If you're listening on Truth FM, support Truth FM. But you guys here in Colorado, please, uh, we have a couple stations to support. GraceFM.com. Go to your app store, put in Grace FM or Calvary Church Aurora, or Calvary Ed Taylor, and the apps will pop up, all right? God bless you guys. Thanks for your prayers and your encouragement. Come on out to service tonight, 7 p.m. Hampton, one block east of Tower. Calvary Church in Aurora, 7 o'clock. We'll see you then. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.